Hello, and welcome to Light Above Solitude, a podcast for the multifaceted soul currently in search of that special spark. I'm your host, Kalia. Light Above Solitude illuminates your path to self-discovery and growth on a soul level through mindset, holistic health, intentional living, and the exploration of elements and tools used in modern spirituality. This podcast is for the woman who doesn't feel completely safe to be authentic. I am here to tell you, you were born to stand out. I am ready to guide you out of solitude and into the light of hope, love, and freedom. I'm here to share stories and lessons learned on my journey from the dark side of depression into the light of alignment. I will also invite guests to chat on their expertise along the way, so make sure you stay connected at lightabovesolitude.com. All right, time to get lit. Welcome to my Owning My Truth series. I decided to start this podcast off with a little mini series I called Owning My Truth, where I give you a little insight on a few lessons and mindset shifts I have learned along the way. I thought this would be a good way for you to get to know me better before we got started. After this series, the podcast will transition into weekly episodes and include guest chats from time to time. So let's dive in. So, hello guys. Welcome. Um, I thought I was almost done with my Owning My Truth series and I realized I have a little bit more to cover. So today is going to be um, Owning My Truth series and I'm calling it I Always Find the Silver Lining. So with all of these... um, things I have gone through in life, I have always found the silver lining. lining. And it's much like the Owning My Truth series behind my dad's passing, the fact that I'm thankful for it, and the fact that I've known I've been thankful for it for a really long time, but I felt bad about saying that. So um, I felt guilty about the statement, like I said, because it didn't sound good. It didn't sound like something I should be sharing and therefore I refused that situation for a long time. But with this series, it's really opened opened my eyes on how I always do really find the silver lining in all the situations. So the day he died was kind of a bittersweet day in the sense that um, I didn't know until the morning after. So When it comes around to October 23rd, I'm always reminded, oh, this is the day my father died. But I feel uh, almost a deeper connection to October 24th because that's the day I found out. I um, used to wake up at 6 in the morning to get my boyfriend at the time off to work and then to do whatever I needed to do for my day. Um, But that day, my mom called Knowing that I get up at 6, she called at 6. And I picked up the phone because it was kind of odd having such an early call from her. And she just said, what are you doing today? I said, well, I'm taking so-and-so to work. And then I have a shift at my job from 12 to 4. And she said, can you please call out 
and come home, basically. And I was like, okay, uh, are you sure? Like, she's like, yes, I just need you home. I was like, okay. So I took uh, my boyfriend at the time to work and I immediately um, headed down south to my mother's house. I decided on a spur of the moment that I brought my kitten, that I would bring my kitten and Dixie at the time was about this big, super tiny. He was only a few months old, maybe. I'd say probably two or three months old, maybe. Um, still pretty tiny, but I had um, little outfits for him. I used to work at a store called Icing by Claire's, which was the quote grown up um, version of the Claire's accessory stores. And they sold dog clothing at the time I worked there. And I had gotten him, <laughs> Dixie, my cat, um, some basketball jerseys <laughs> to wear. So that day I got him this, I, I, I dressed him to go down to my mother's house in a lime green sequence basketball jersey with number three on the back and <laughs> it had teal trim like a dark teal trim um I just thought he was so cute <laughs> I obviously I wanted a dog at the time but with our apartment situation I ended up getting a cat and this cat was very much like a dog he was very loyal very attached to me and it's interesting because it's the only male cat I have ever had so I wonder if it, that's more of a male cat trait but anyway here's this tiny little tuxedo kitten in a lime green and teal sequence basketball jersey and we're driving down to my mom's house and I could just tell I had an initial thought in my mind that something that had happened when she called me, but I really didn't think it was my dad. Honestly, I thought it had something to do with my sister, which is a different story. But um, so the whole time down there, I was just wondering, like, what could it be? What could it be? Like, she wasn't necessarily crying when she talked to me, but she obviously seemed very off. So anyway, I got in that down there and you could basically cut the tension with a knife as I walked in. I had Dixie in my hands. I opened the door and I had, there were other family members. Um, my fairy godmother and her son, who was the park ranger there um, with my father. The two people who were with my father when he passed were sitting on my mom's couch and... I want to say at the time my sister was upstairs and then my mom met me in the door. So I walked in the door. I just put down Dixie because he had been there before and I let him run around the house. Um, and I greeted everyone with a hug and everyone like had that face. I just know, I know, you know, that face too, that face that's smiling, but you could tell it's just fake. Or it's it's not necessarily fake. It's it's hurting. It's om, ominous, om, ominous, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, <laughs> the, their smiles were just off. So I sat down on the couch and my mom proceeds to tell me that dad had passed the night before and that he was actually he was taken to a place between my apartment and the place that it happened instead of closer to home like to me i would think he'd be sent closer to home but um he wasn't so in retrospect it's really interesting to know that my dad was actually was actually across the street from me for probably seven hours um, after he passed while I was sleeping in my apartment. And also I drove right past him um, on my way to my mother's house because he was like across the street from me. That really bothered me for the longest time. But in the end, I find it really comforting. Like even in the afterlife, the divine made sure that he was close to me. They sent him to a place that was literally across the street from my apartment and I didn't even know it. Like he's always been super close to me. And I choose, I choose to think about it that way now. I don't choose like, oh, what a horrible thing that I was sleeping all night long and my dad was deceased across the street from me, his body no longer, you know, having a soul is across the street from me. I choose to think of that as that tie we have together, that tie that just can't be broken no matter what happens. He didn't have a choice of where he was put. And um, I'm not sure how much of a choice the um my fairy godmother had at that point but he was placed near me um and <laughs> as i'm being told all this sitting on the couch i'm kind of in a state of shock i'm not necessarily i'm just kind of I guess I'm processing the information as much as one can say a person processes <laughs> that kind of information. When there was just this awkward silence, like my mom had said her piece on what had happened and we were all sitting there. I was the only one at the time who didn't know what had happened, obviously. And so I was just sitting there and I was still processing when all of a sudden a tiny tuxedo kitten in a sequenced <laughs> basketball jersey has the zoomies out of nowhere and goes flying across the living room into the kitchen and we all just look at each other and start laughing like it was the funniest thing like that perfect moment of him just flying across with the most ridiculous lime green and teal sequenced basketball jersey was just the stinking cutest and the best like breakup of that just 
like, that tension, that, that moment. And I know that somehow my subconscious told me that day that I needed to bring him. Excuse me, Lena is walking by and I she's probably going to get a drink. Maybe not. Anyway, my subconscious told me that day that I needed to bring Dixie because I wasn't going to. And furthermore, I needed to dress him up in one of his cute outfits. So I definitely find that as a silver lining in all of the dreariness and the darkness and the fact that my dad was actually placed so close to me even in the afterlife, I find as a silver lining and comfort and that that thing. And I chose to rethink that through because I was angry. I was angry. Every time I left my house, I was like, oh, my dad was right there. Like, how could I not know? All the, all, I would beat myself up and I would never want to drive past that funeral home until I realized that it had nothing to do with that stuff. It had everything to do with the tie between me and my father and how close we were and how God, the angels, our guardians, our ancestors wanted me to know that even if he had to leave this world, he was going to be as close to me as he could. And that's how I chose to think about that. Um, another instance where I found um, silver lining in <laughs> my circumstances was um, working at a super unforgiving outlet mall with my Bell's palsy. So half of my face was paralyzed, did not work. Therefore, I always looked like I was smirking. Like this would just do nothing and this side would be smiling and it'd be like, mm-hmm, like, <laughs> sorry, podcast listeners, you can't see my face. If you want to see what I'm doing, which isn't that great, um, go to my YouTube channel. Um, this is a companion. So, and also, if you are watching this on my YouTube channel and feel the need to um, or or would like to listen rather than to watch videos, if that's your preferred method, I also have my um, podcast, which is linked down below. But anyway, so half of my face didn't work. Very, very unforgiving outlet mall. My, my manager... And my assistant manager had recently quit the company, and therefore I was the only working manager as a supervising third key, if you know the retail world. So basically, I kind of scheduled sales associates, but didn't have actual management responsibilities. I could open and close the store. I could do all the money management type, and I could sometimes write the schedules, but otherwise... That's the most <laughs> managerial position I had. So all of our management had quit. I was there and I had half a face. <laughs> this lady uh, came up to me and was telling me that she needed 
a discount on the already discounted shoes. We're an outlet mall, so everything's discounted. Um, they not only were supposed to be $39.99, her sticker on it said like $4.99, which I don't think is was even a price for the shoes. They were priced for like sandals. Um, but she was unforgiving. Like I, I'm pretty sure I know what happened. I'm pretty sure people just took the tag off of another pair of shoe, another box and put it on the box that she had. I don't necessarily think that she did it. I think that it had just happened and she came across the box of shoes thinking it was that price, but it rang up as another price. So, but instead of owning the mistake, she stuck in her ways and was, you know, demanding that she got it for that price, which wasn't possible. So my sales associate got me. She said, I need to speak to your manager. Here I am. So here I am. And she was going off on me left and right about how she needed this price. And I, I know that you have the power to make this discount, blah, blah, blah. And I honestly did not because I did not have the manager codes. I did not have anything. And I just literally couldn't do it. She said, well, let me see your manager. You cannot be the manager here, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I was also very young in my early 20s. But I was like, ma'am, I am the working manager right now. We literally do not have a manager. But I didn't get into that. Anyway, this went on and on and on and on until she got so upset with me for smirking. I can't believe you could be so rude to a customer right now when I was literally trying to smile, but only half of my face worked, but I wasn't going to get into my medical issues with her. So she was yelling at me for being smirky and just rude and inconsiderate and not helping me. Customer's always right type deal that she found my sales associate on his smoke break and asked him, is that really your manager? <laughs> and he was like, yes, yes. And I think she's a good manager, <laughs> which I was super um, happy and proud that he told me that story and how it went down. But um, needless to say, I, was in such a stressful situation and I made it a point not to tell people that what I was, what was happening to me if they asked or something like that. Um, but I wasn't going to use it as a victim. I wasn't going to say, Oh, you don't understand. I woke up one day and half my face didn't work. Blah, blah, blah. I just acted like it was part of me because at that point it was, it was part of me. I couldn't change it. I couldn't change the way she perceived it. So therefore half of my face doesn't work. I'm not smirking. I was being as polite as possible. Um, but in those moments, I constantly ask myself, what is the silver lining? What is the lesson I'm supposed to learn? What are these things in my life here to teach me? How am I supposed to be dealing with this? One, my Bell's palsy was supposed to teach me patience because the doctor literally said this could happen forever. You could never <laughs> recover. You could never plateau. Um, we don't know. We just wait it out and see. So <laughs> patience, patience with the people around me for adapting to how I look. 
it also um, taught me more about vanity. I mean, not that I was a very vain person, but I do appreciate the body that I have been given. And so it has given me a new look at vanity in that way. Um, and it also helped me just stand up for myself and the truth. Like I didn't have to tell her, you know, everything that was going on, but I could still stand firm and not give in to the pressure of her needing things that I could not give her. I literally couldn't give them to her. I did not have the stance. So those are some silver linings in that. <clears throat> Another silver lining that I've come to think about a month after I left my marriage and my job because I had been um, working in a place that wasn't going to work for me after I left my marriage. Um, and um, I was living with a friend. At that point in my life, I had had two absolute constants in my life. The people that were my rocks, the people that kept me grounded, kept me sane, the people that gave me the most comfort. And those two people were my best friend and my cat, Dixie, the one who I had since a kitten. The one who wore the cute little basketball jerseys. He was my rock. He was literally the only constant I could depend on for the last eight years at that point. And um, a month after I left my marriage and I left my job, I had no job. I was living in a, a room at my friend's house. Dixie just dropped dead out of the blue. Like I was sitting on the couch and um, I heard this hiss, like he hissed at something and he, a thud, he had been sitting in the windowsill and he fell out of the windowsill onto my bed, um, took his last breath and was gone. It was literally that fast. He was only eight and he was very healthy, very active, had no other signs of anything. But now all of a sudden, um, the one thing that I depended on to be there for me every day was gone. And I had already felt like a failure. I had already felt so alone um, for choosing the path that I chose and the way that I, I had to leave my job and leave my marriage, um, I had already felt completely defeated. And then this happened. This was like the icing on the cake. Um, I did have Ryder, my dog at that time. So my friend's whose house it was, um, her dog and my dog both actually heard the thud of Dixie falling onto the bed and ran in to see what he was doing, um, ran in barking, actually. And um, I quickly shooed them out of the way to see Dixie take his last breath and leave. Um, but then I freaked out. I freaked out. I went completely hysterical and um, I let the dogs out 
so that they could not be in Dixie's space. And we, we all three left the house and they were running around the field having fun. And I literally lost it. I screamed, I screamed and I cried and I bawled and I was like, really now, now is the time that you want to take my cat away. I was completely upset. And then all of a sudden, I um, had a moment, a slight moment of clarity in my hysteria, thinking, what am I supposed to learn from this? How is this for me? What is the silver lining? And I felt relief. And I felt so guilty for feeling relief. I love Dixie so much. And... I just knew that I needed to find a place of my own sooner or later. As soon as I found a job, I would have to move out of my friend's house and um, find my own place. And I could already not afford a place. But then adding on Ryder's pet rent and Dixie's pet rent, and a lot of places only allow you to have one pet anyway, so I felt relief that I wouldn't have the burden of finding a new home. And it's that same grief and that same guilt that I felt saying that I'm thankful for my dad's passing when I say I was relieved when my best friend passed because that's not a normal thing, but it is a silver lining and, um, he had done his purpose. I believe that our pets, our people, our everything is brought into our life for us to gain what we needed to gain from them, to learn the lessons we needed to learn from them. And once their purpose and their reason for being in our life has been completed, they will leave somehow. They will pass. They will move away. They will, um, you know, kind of just fade away from our life, our immediate circle. And... I knew that whatever Dixie was supposed to be in my life for, which was being that rock, that super difficult time, um, he had done his job, and he had. He was he was he was an amazing kid. He was an amazing, amazing cat. And then another instance, which is something I wasn't sure I wanted to talk about, but it really is a silver lining. So. Before my divorce was legally official, um, there's a waiting period, and then there was other things that got caught up in the system, and I ended up having to wait even longer. Um, <clears throat> but in that time, my husband, obviously separated and in the midst of getting a divorce, would be was dating, and he would call me... <laughs> He would call me for dating advice. <laughs> and I think I called him out on it a couple times. Like, how often can you call your wife for dating advice? And how do you think this makes me feel? But in the scheme of things, I felt a little bit of comfort knowing that that I have always been able to cultivate that level of trust in my relationship. 
that between he and I, even though we are civil, it wasn't going to work between us, that he had enough trust and respect in my decisions and me as a person that he could come to me and ask me about dating advice, even though we weren't even legally divorced yet. <laughs> so the silver lining in that is that no matter how hard my situation is or my relationships are or the fact that some things aren't going to work out, that I can still show up a level of a person that is needed in the relationship, a level of person that can cultivate trust and respect. And um, that is a true silver lining for me. And as weird as it was at, at the time and how uncomfortable I was with it, I look back on that and, and think that that was actually really comforting and flattering that he thought he, he knew he could come to me for that kind of stuff. Another instance goes back to um, my first boyfriend, the one I got the first apartment, apartment with was, um, I was, um, I was confronting him about a porn problem. Um, you know, I don't know if I want to get into this part. Maybe I'll just say it and I'm going to say it and then edit it out. But I was confronting him about a porn problem that had been an issue for a really, really, really long time. And he, he hid porn from me. He lied about porn and he legitimately had a problem. I'm not saying that porn is inherently bad and I'm not saying I'm taking either side of whether it's good or bad. I'm just saying that he had a problem, therefore it caused a riff in our relationship and um, lying and um, hiding is never healthy for a relationship anyway. So that was a problem in itself. But I had confronted him about it and um, I was always very open about uh, wanting to be intimate with him and him knowing that I was willing to be intimate with him. So it wasn't like he had to go find something somewhere else. And we had a very healthy sex life. So... Um, I didn't think that that was ever a problem, but it, um, it, it was a problem on an addiction level, not necessarily an intimacy level, which is um, common with that type of problem. Uh, but anyway, I had recently in the last few months had gone through this health kick where I was really getting into getting healthy and taking care of myself. And I had literally just lost 30 pounds and I was looking good and I was looking right. And then we had this problem where he wasn't able to um, kick this habit and fully commit to me and our needs as a relationship. And so I confronted him again about the issue and um, he lashed out and said, <laughs> at least the girls in the porn aren't fat like you. And that was like, 
I laugh now. I'm sorry. I laugh now, but like my weight had been one of the underlying issues my whole life. And I have never been like severely obese. I've been overweight a few times, but like I have never, it should have never been a problem. It was more of a self-image problem than an actual weight problem. And so he knew that and he knew that I had problems with his addiction to porn. And so he lashed out with the one statement that was going to hurt me the most saying that even after I had lost 30 pounds in the last like two-ish months, at least they're not fat like you. <laughs> and so <laughs> what can I learn from that instance? Where is my silver lining in that in that? Where is my lesson in that circumstance, that situation? My lesson in that was that no matter what you do, no matter how you handle a situation, how you take care of yourself, how any of that happens. Not everyone is going to be for you. Not everyone is going to own those accomplishments like you own those accomplishments. So my silver lining was that I needed to learn how to take care of myself to take care of myself. At that point, I was losing weight, not necessarily for myself as an underlying factor. I was losing weight so that my boyfriend would pay more attention to me. But that was never going to happen when he had this addiction. So my lesson is that and that was take care of myself for myself and not worry about other people because that problem is not a problem with me. Our sex life was great. So that problem wasn't a problem with me. It was a problem with his addiction and his addiction to that, that particular thing. So no matter what situation you're going through, no matter what hardship and unfairness and anything, remember that life is not happening to you. It's happening for you. You are only responsible for how you perceive the situation. I urge you to stop and look at the situation in a new light and figure out what is the silver lining? What am I supposed to learn? What am I supposed to take away from this to become a bigger, better person in the future? I hated, I hated driving down my road past the block where my dad's dead body laid for hours before I even knew he was deceased. I hated that. But I changed my perspective and now I find so much comfort knowing that he was so close. So in what situation do you need to reevaluate the way you're perceiving what happened in life? In what situation do you need to find that comedy of that kitten running through the living room with his little jersey on? What situation do you need to find comfort knowing that you build trust in other people? What situation can give you a lesson that will, you can take forward and help build a brighter future? So I hope you enjoyed these stories. This um, I'm going to be wrapping up the 
Owning Your Truth series somewhat soon. Like I said, I thought I was done, but there are a few things more that I needed to speak on. But I hope you're enjoying my stories. And um, furthermore, the podcast will be launching officially soon, and we will be moving our episodes to probably one episode a week on Tuesdays. And if you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, um, you can leave me a voice message. There should be a link in the show notes, but also if you go to anchor.fm slash K-A-L-I-A, you'll be able to leave a voice message there, and I could um, potentially air your question or comment on the air and respond to it in another episode. Um, also, feel free to... Um, I will talk about my buy me a coffee page if you enjoyed this episode, but there's also another option where you can support my work for as little as 99 cents a month. That is also on the anchor page under support. So if you feel called to do that instead, that is awesome. And I love you guys for it. So until next time, I love you. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Let me take this time to remind you, stop dimming your light. Stand brightly because the light is all around you. You do not need outside validation anymore. Embrace every aspect of you and start living truly authentic to your soul. Everything you want is in the light above solitude. If you love what you heard today and you feel called to support my work, you can now do so by buying me a coffee. A donation is never expected, but always greatly appreciated by me and my pack. Your support keeps the content flowing and my platforms as ad-free as possible. So head over to lightabovesolitude.com support. While you're there, check out all the ways we can connect further with details on my monthly membership, motivational text messages, and links to all my socials. You can even drop me a voicemail by clicking the mic icon in the lower right-hand corner. Until next time, friends, I love you.